The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this beautiful spring Sunday. It is a glorious new spring equinox, and it is time to get started in all the new beginnings. We are at a time right now where... So much is happening in the world and women are beginning to unfurl and really, really step into their places of power and their place of voice. There is a desire to tap into that truth, that utter knowing, that goddess energy, that beauty that lays within each and every one of us that is our special sacred genius. And as part of that comes up, some of that starts to unfurl a warrior goddess energy within, one that is here to be in their power, to stand in their strength, and also for their own specific, unique purpose in the world. We have a very exciting show today with Heather Ash Amara, and she is the goddess of Warrior Goddess Way and Warrior Goddess Training, and we're going to dive into that before we get into discovering Heather Ash Amara. If you are not familiar with her, I just want to invite you to connect with me on social media at Simran Singh 1111 or at 1111magazine at any time and stay connected to all that we're doing and a lot of inspiration in addition to staying connected to 1111magazine, which is offered freely always online to support the celebration of individuals all over as they are examples to each and every one of us as to how to live your light, live your purpose, and live your genius you can always access 1111 Magazine at 1111mag.com or at com, and you will see all of the archived issues there as well as now all of the original issues starting back from 2008 are available on audio as well. So check all of that out. My guest today is the author of Warrior Goddess Training, Become the Woman You Are Meant to Be and The Warrior Goddess Way, Claiming the Woman You Are Destined to Be. Inspirational speaker and teacher, Heather Ashamara, is the author of both of these books, and she is the heart of these teachings, and which stem from a long Toltec apprenticeship and teaching partnership with Don Miguel Ruiz, who is the author of The Four Agreements. After studying under Ruiz in 2001, Heather Ash founded TOTI, the Toltec Center for Creative Intent, a non-denominational religious organization based in the wisdom of the Toltec. Over the past 15 years, she has taught workshops and apprenticeships and trained teachers. She now travels the world working with women to integrate the feminine wisdom of the ancients into their modern lives. Since the publication of Warrior Goddess Training in September 2014, the sales have exceeded over 100,000 copies of the books, and they've been translated 
into 15 different languages. The worldwide movement for the warrior goddess training has grown to include robust, highly engaged Facebook followers as well as those that access her newsletter list and her blogs. And you can find out more about that at heatherashamara.com. Welcome, Heather Ash, to 1111. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much, Simran. It's great to be here with you. I want to start off first with the word warrior uh, and, and really get a good take on what that means because the warrior can have many different sides to it on the polarity. It can be the one that is here to fight, the one that is here to fight outwardly, and then yet there can also be a warrior that really is the strength and the core and the stillness that is all on the inner landscape. Speak to what you mean when you use the word warrior and warrior goddess. The word warrior for me is about a particular energy that's about focus, commitment, and 100% yes, I'm in. And we're in a transition right now where we've, in our relationship with power, we've been taught that power is about power over. And so that definition of the warrior then, people think about that warrior sometimes as, oh, it's about aggression or violence or power over. But an an older definition and holding of the word warrior is really around this place of showing up in our lives 100%. And what we're learning to do is hone our awareness really impeccably. And so that's the warrior energy. Yes, 100% focus. And the goddess energy is about opening. It's about creativity, pleasure, a sense of play. And the goddess energy is so important for us as women and as men because we are reclaiming different aspects of ourselves and there's so many different reflections of the goddess if you look at the many many different representations of the goddess you'll get to see reflections of different aspects of ourselves and so we're learning to come into harmony with both of these energies inside of us to honor that warrior energy that fiery yes fierce energy, as well as the goddess energy, which is a much more watery, fluid, open, receptive energy. And when you're talking about that real level of commitment, so often we don't realize that there are different levels to commitment. There can be a half-heartedness and there can be a whole-heartedness. And it sounds like the warrior goddess is really in that wholehearted place. Can you speak to the distinctions of how life shows up or how a person shows up and and their resulting effect or affect to the world if they are half-hearted versus that wholehearted commitment? Mm, Yes. So when we're half-hearted, we're not bringing our full self to something. And we often do this as humans, actually. We want something and maybe in the beginning we'll bring a hundred percent to it but then if it doesn't work or we get hurt or something happens what we often do is the next time we go to do that thing we say to ourselves well I'll just bring 50 percent of my energy into this because I don't want to get hurt and I'm going to hold some of it back but anytime you bring less than a hundred percent it's it sets you up for not succeeding because you're only bringing a small percentage of your energy so that whole heartedness then is about 
really looking at the entirety of your life to be able to say, can I commit to this? So when we're, whole, when we're half-hearted, we're just like, well, I'll try and we'll see what happens. When we're wholehearted, we say, okay, I want to put my energy fully into this next action. So let me look at how can I best support myself? How can I make sure that I can take that action, that it's manageable, that it is a small enough action that I can get behind it? And then we learn as we go along. So for me, the other thing about being being a warrior goddess is that that place that we're learning about ourselves, we're becoming more intimate with ourselves, and we're learning how to support who we are now, not who we think we should be or who we wish we were. And that means we learn as we go along. So we take something on and we say, I'm 100% in, and then we fail. We don't then beat ourselves up or go back towards it with less energy. We step back and reevaluate. Okay, what do I need to do to change, to shift, so that I can recommit to this again? And that then allows us to really grow because we're willing to make mistakes and learn from them. And so often the, the mind, the ego, when it hears that I'm going to put my wholehearted focus into something, we are kind of conditioned into believing that that is just doing. And it is that, that full, complete doing to where sometimes, especially as women, we overcommit. We exhaust ourselves. We run, run, run to the point that we can almost run in loops. And men do this too. Talk a little bit about what you mean when you say energy and when you say put our whole energy into something. Where's the balance in that as well? Mm, absolutely. We need to look at not just our desires or our focus, but also our world. So as women sometimes, I know I fall into this, that I get excited about something. I really want to put 100% of myself into it. And yet, I don't have enough space in my life. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough um, just time, resources, whatever it is. And what I'm learning is how to be more discerning. And that comes when we come back to ourselves and we're really with ourselves, listening to what's really possible here. So I'll give an example. I... Um, On Ash Wednesday, I set out an intent to stop eating sugar for 40 days, to meditate every day for 40 days, and to write a blog every day for 40 days. Well, I immediately broke my rule, which my rule is do one thing at a time. (laughs) Do one new thing at a time (laughs) and master that. So right away, I'm breaking my own rules. So seven days in, I realized I can't sustain this. Something has to go. And so I decided to let go of the blog. And so I wrote a blog saying, I need to reassess, I'll come back. And today I wrote blog number eight, and I'm back. And just talked about this place of, I didn't judge myself, beat myself up. I just went, wow, okay, I need to readjust. And there's a way that we can learn to open our awareness So I really opened my awareness was like, okay, how do I support myself better? What do I need? And so now I'm recommitting because we want to have persistence. We serve ourselves 
greatly when we take on something that's too large. We acknowledge it as soon as we can. Some of us are more stubborn than others, <laughs> but we acknowledge it as soon as we can. We take a step back and then reassess what can I actually do? What's actually possible? And th- this doesn't have to come from judgment. This is what we're, we're rewiring as warrior goddesses is that for women especially, so much of our actions come from self-punishment, judgment, comparison, fear. And learning to be a warrior goddess is learning how to be our own best friend and our own ally, which means if we overcommit, we name it and reassess. We don't punish ourselves or feel victimized by the world. We just go, okay, let me try again. And we keep trying. Persistence, persistence, persistence until we find what best serves us. So often when people let go of something or if they've had an experience where they've tried and it didn't work out, it creates levels of insecurity where there are um, walls put up that we don't want to surpass those places because we tell ourselves we can't do it. When you speak with women, a big topic of yours is about letting go of insecurity. What are uh, a couple of the simple steps or what is the main point that you would share in regard to that place of insecurity? One is that recognizing that we're part of a larger system, what, what we call the dream of the planet, and that right now the way that women are raised is that we're, there's a lot of subtle ways and blatant ways that our self-worth gets shaky. Um, we're compare, we just have this incredible past that we're dealing with. And I always remind women, it was only a hundred years ago that women couldn't vote in this country. And all around the world, I mean, we're very lucky to be in the West, but it's very recent that women have the amount of external freedom that we have. Now, we can now vote for who we want to vote for. We can have pretty much any job we want. We can choose who we want to partner with. And so while we have a ton of external freedom, we're still catching up on the internal freedom. And a big piece of the place we're still tied is around insecurity, a feeling like we're not good enough, we don't deserve, we don't have. I always like finding women that we're all part of a larger matrix that we're undoing right now. And that ways to build our self-confidence up is to change how we're talking to ourselves. Number one, start looking at the languaging of how you're speaking to yourself. And most of us are very negative and judgmental towards ourselves. We're very critical and often more critical towards ourselves than we would be to anybody else in our world. And so to change our languaging so that we start to support ourselves. And the second piece is to start to see the the world and the actions we're taking as experiments, as explorations, as play, rather than as something serious, I have to get do it right the first time, or I'm not a good girl. So when we bring in this sense of play, exploration, for me, that's the goddess energy, that balances it out. So when we make a mistake, we don't fall back into those old insecurities. We can just say, oh, wow, okay, I was exploring, and now I'm learning. And that makes a huge difference 
in our relationship with self as well. Imagine shedding the need to be right or perfect or anything at all. Imagine looking at the world through the delighted eyes of a child and the quiet wisdom of an elder. Imagine your heart taking the lead and loving all manifestations of experience. When you experience these moments, you touch the real you, the one that can be buried under the mind layers of past and future thinking, the endless habit of categorizing people, places, and things, and especially yourself into good or bad, right or wrong, okay or damaged. To be sure, the mind is a wonderful tool when tamed, but it can also be a huge block to inner peace when it runs the show. You can spend years in meditation or doing practices to quiet your mind, but if you don't spot and release the mind's habitual judgments or the distorted perceptions of who it thinks you should be, not much will change. Meditation and other calming practices can help your mind relax, but underneath this calmer self will remain a sense of unworthiness and unease. The good news is that as you begin to recognize and release the ways in which you judge and punish yourself, you can simultaneously retrain your mind to view the internal self as magical, multidimensional, magnificent, not broken, not not enough. This is from The Warrior Goddess Way, claiming the women you are destined to be. And the author is Heather Ash Amara. She's also the author of The Toltec Path to Transformation, Embracing the Four Elements of Change, and the bestseller, Warrior Goddess Training, Becoming the Woman You Are Meant to Be. The heart of Amara's teachings stem from her long Toltec apprenticeship and teaching partnership with Don Miguel Ruiz. Over the past 15 years, she has taught various workshops and apprenticeships, and she's got quite a few things coming up. You can check out in May, the Warrior Goddess Wisdom Weekend in Sedona. There's also something coming up in uh New York on the 25th of this month. She has something taking place in Denver for women only, a full day of transformation on April 1st, and a gathering of shamans in Sedona on April 7th. So check out her website, heatherashamara.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-S-H-A-M-A-R-A.com. We'll be right back with Heather Ash right after these messages. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine, Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. 
Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to my wonderful guest, I invite you to check out some of the retreats, particularly the custom retreat that I offer. If you are looking to experience real communion with soul and an energetic presence that really takes you deeply inside, these retreats are meant to take you to a place of very intense relaxation where you connect to that small voice inside and you truly discover what that rebel unique genius within you wants to say. You can find out more at IamSimran.com along with my own books, Conversations with the Universe, Your Journey to Enlightenment, and Your Journey to Love. My guest today is Heather Ashamara, and she is a leader in mindfulness, empowerment, and shamanism. Just enjoy this next piece from her chapter, The Wisdom of Presence from the Warrior Goddess Way. The center point of the Warrior Goddess Way stems from an invaluable inner treasure, a conscious commitment to loving and respecting your beautiful self without conditions or expectations. Heather asked, this is a really big piece because so often, as you were talking about the judgments the last time, that ability to be present to ourselves, to really get in touch with what we're believing about ourselves and then willingly choosing to change those perceptions is a very important part as we move forward on our own soul journey. Why is this particularly important for the warrior goddess, and especially now for where we are as women in finding the places that we wish to rise up? It's especially important now because as women, our voices are so needed in the world and our full presence is so needed. And as women, we've often learned to abandon ourselves. Anytime we compare ourselves, anytime we think we should be different than we are, anytime we're judging our body or upset about our emotions, we're abandoning ourselves in essence. We're saying, you're not okay. And that form of conditionality, I'll love you if, is deeply wounding to us and to and it doesn't serve the others around us as well we sometimes have this idea of like well I have to abandon myself because I'm supposed to take care of everybody else but that never works we must begin to stand with ourselves to come back home as I see it and instead of comparing ourselves to an image of perfection of who we think we should be to begin to get curious about who we are now, and open to learning about ourselves and really showing up for ourselves where we are. And there may be parts of ourselves we don't like or we wish were different, and that's fine. I'm not saying don't abandon yourself and always think positively all the time and just think you're a great person. What I'm inviting women to do is to open up to the full are in our expression and there are places where we have messy minds where we're scared where we're judgmental where we're conditional there's places where we're really loving and really open-hearted there's places that we have great follow-through and places that we procrastinate that we want to learn how to embrace and own and be in relationship with all of ourselves 
And that is what creates the most healing is when instead of fighting ourselves or saying, I shouldn't have this part of myself, or I want to pretend that this isn't here, or I shouldn't have this, that we give ourselves this huge hug and say, I'm with you, sweetheart. And I will stay with you as we transform and change. It's a really different way of being in relationship with ourselves and so more powerful and more gentle at the same time. You have a really beautiful section in the Warrior Goddess Way that talks about stories and their effects. And you speak about the unripened story because there is often, we are part of an endless story that keeps on going. Talk a little bit about um, the time where, where the pain from the unripened story is so great and that we can't really see forward yet have the ability to continue to move forward. Yeah, that's one of my favorite sections of the book is this idea that we have ripe stories and unripe stories. And an unripe story is something that you've been telling yourself that is not ready to transform. And where we create suffering for ourselves as women, I see, is that one of the ways is that we tell ourselves this should be different. I shouldn't be thinking this. I shouldn't be feeling this. But the truth is, it's just not ripe yet. And, you know, here's an example. I give a good, a good example. For, so one of the things I write about in, in my books is that I was going through a very difficult divorce. And at the time, I had people saying, oh, well, you should just get over it. It's done. So just move on. And I had this urge of like, yeah, I should just be able to move on. That's what I teach people is like, use your warrior energy, go. And when I felt into it and really came home and listened to myself rather than who I thought I should be or who others wanted me to be, I recognized that it was a very unripe story and that I still had a lot of healing to do and that I needed to stay with myself through the process. And the ways that we ripen stories, one is to just love the unripe story, to just love the places that we don't know what to do or we're still emotionally triggered or we're still struggling with something, to show up with the story and just say, hi, yep, this is the story. And then just like fruit, so the way that ripen fruit is we put it in the sun or you put it in a brown paper bag or you put it other, around other ripe fruit. So putting it in the sun, that means sharing your story, bringing your story out of the darkness, out of the shadow and up into the light to share it with people who will simply receive it. And that then helps to ripen the story when we feel witnessed, when we feel seen and heard. A second way is to put fruit in a brown bag. And when you're doing that with your story, that means there's times that what will actually ripen it is you not talking about it and going away, taking some time, getting really quiet, sitting in meditation, going for long walks, being quiet, putting yourself in that brown paper bag so that you, the story will ripen more quickly on its own. And then the third is to put fruit next to other fruit. And this is one of my favorite ways is hang out with people that are ripe in that area. So people that are ripe in that particular area, hang out with them, spend time around them. doesn't mean they have to be ripe in all areas of their life. If you're 
ripening a story around finances, if you hang out with people that have their finances together, they're going to help you ripen. If you're working on relationships, you want to find people who have gone through and are now in supportive, happy relationships and just spend time around them because literally we're always trading information, I believe, not just verbally, but also just between our beings through role modeling. So that's a great gift to give ourselves is to love the unripe stories and then to support ourselves however long it takes for that story to ripen. Oh, that's a fantastic analogy, and, and I loved how you did that in the book with the fruit. It, it really is such an easy way for people to understand that that's how we also grow. That, that in, in another instance where we see that the world constantly shows us exactly how we can move forward in things as we are moving through that story, and it is moving from unripened to ripen, part of that process is releasing past frames of perception. We, we have looked at life in a certain way and we have created life in that way and whatever situation is taking place at that time is really the disintegration of that perception that is trying to occur. How do we catch up in the mind to release the past frames of perception while the rest of us is already kind of in the process of letting it go? Mm, yes, the mind is often slow to change because we have these patterns and habits. And so increasing our awareness to look at the places where we still get hooked mentally and to keep practicing shifting our perception and our perspective, I found that to be really helpful, is that the mind gets locked on saying, this is the way it is. I'm right, there's only one way to look at it. And the more we practice looking at things differently, and taking different perspectives, the more fluid the mind becomes. And one of the actions that we can take is what in the Toltec tradition we call not doings. So a not doing is a really simple action that you take that is nonsensical and that doesn't have a reward. And that's different than what you would normally do. So examples of not doing uh, in... There's lots of different examples, but let me give you this one or two. So one example is you spend time digging a hole in your front yard and you dig the perfect hole or you move rocks from one side of your yard to the other side of your yard and then you move the rocks back to exactly where they were and you spend a lot of concentration and presence and energy doing so. So the mind goes, why would I ever do something like that? That doesn't make any sense. But we're not trying to make sense of the world. We're trying to be in harmony and in new relationship with the world. And the mind often takes action because it wants a particular reward. It wants to understand why it's taking the action. So anytime we can start to break the mind up, it actually helps us in all areas. So little things like brushing your teeth with the opposite hand going to work a different way. Look at where you have habits, where your mind has created habits and start to break them. I had a friend once we were in the airport and one of those little trolleys went by and he's like, I'm jumping on. I've never, ever done that before. 
because <laughs> he, knew he wanted to break the old patterns and that was one way to do it. So that's why this idea of experimentation and exploration really helps us to, to break the rigidity of our mind. So then we become more fluid, more creative, more able to shift as things change. Well, and when we do something like that, we're, we're rewiring the brain, we're breaking through our own personality and identity, we're allowing the limited part of ourselves to then become unlimited so that we can see the world in a different uh, space. And in doing so, we cultivate creativity. And, and so that's one aspect of cultivating creativity. Another aspect of cultivating creativity comes through our own beingness, really being anchored in our energy, in our body, even in our sensuality and our sexuality. And you support a lot of women in understanding that our creativity can, can surge forth through that sexuality and be a very powerful part of accessing our voice and our feminine wisdom. Talk a little bit about owning our power and our passion by allowing this acceptance of this natural part of us, which is our sensuality and our sexuality. Yeah, as women, we get to continue to invite ourselves to open to pleasure and to open to our bodies in new ways. So when I'm talking about pleasure, I'm talking about using our senses to receive. And that can be about receiving the color of a strawberry or the taste of a crisp green apple or the touch of the wind against your skin. To open our senses to allow in the beauty, the incredible generosity of the world around us and that we're always being gifted and that we give ourselves permission to receive pleasure in all the different ways and that includes sexual pleasure and so often we have been so misinformed around sexuality you know many of us have been told your sexuality is for other people and the truth is your sexuality our sexuality is for us and so rewiring any place that we've gotten confused around sexuality and what it means or any place that we have shame or past abuse, to do our healing work, to turn towards ourselves and to give ourselves permission to open to pleasure and to heal any places of wounding around our sexuality and claim that our sensuality, our sexuality, our connection to pleasure is our right for ourselves. And that we get to choose what that looks like and what that feels like. And we have that sovereignty as women to own our sexuality. And that's the most important. And whatever you do with it is whatever you do with it. And that might be that you're celibate for the rest of your life, but you're deeply connected to your sexual flow. It may be that you have many different lovers. There's no right or wrong expression it may be that you're monogamous and that you're in a committed relationship. All of those are beautiful. Those are expressions based on each of our choice of what works for us. 
And so much of, the, of that is really stepping into our own voice and our own truth, and we'll talk a little bit more about that with Heather S. when we come back. Each sense, when used consciously, helps you to come fully into the awareness of the present, which is the only place where you can be authentic. Your senses can bring you back into the truth of this moment, the physical reality of now, rather than thinking about what you'd wish or think you should be. It is only here in this moment and this time that you can release the mistakes and regrets of the past as well as the worries and fears of the future. It's amazing how when we make that tiny shift from thinking about the past and future or trying to figure out who we're supposed to be to be to fully living in the present moment from our hearts that we can bring more radiance to our being and sparkle to our eyes. This is from the Warrior Goddess Way, Claiming the Woman You Are Destined to Be by Heather Asamara. And while you're ordering that one, you might as well go ahead and order Warrior Goddess Training, Become the Woman You Are Meant to Be, and have both of them as your wonderful companion guides. You can find out more at heatherashamara.com. You'll find her blog there, a lot of free stuff, and some wonderful events coming up, including her May 5th Warrior Goddess Weekend in Sedona. So you definitely want to check that out. We'll be right back with Heather Ashamara after these messages. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. We'll be right back with Heather Ashamara. And before we get back to her and her wonderful books, Warrior Goddess Training and Warrior Goddess Way, I wanted to mention to you my own, Conversations with the Universe will help you get in touch with the signs, symbols, and synchronicities. The universe is talking to you all of the time, and it's not just once in a while as a coincidence. It is paragraphs, in fact, volumes that are taking place each and every day. Conversations with the Universe, How the World Speaks to You will help you understand all the different ways in both the beautiful and the mundane that you are receiving these messages. Your Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and Commitment helps you to understand how you have 
lived a life of conformity, how we have been conditioned, and how to move out of fear and conformity means to step back into the innocence of the child, to really allow yourself to get your new eyes and move back into the 12 guiding principles that children always teach us so that you can open yourself to being a unique genius and the rebel that you were meant to be here on the planet. And finally, your journey to love, your path to your true soul's mate. Very rarely do we understand that our true soul's mate is actually ourselves. Oftentimes we look outside in the world for that one that is going to fill us up when that one is literally right beneath our noses. In my book, Your Journey to Love, you discover the true mystical marriage of the dark and the light. You also find out about the trinity that is your light, your dark side, and the innocence of a child. So I invite you to also explore my own work. And you can find out more about that at imsimran.com. From the book, The Warrior Goddess Way by Heather Ash Amara, who is an amazing inspirational speaker and teacher and has some incredible events and other offerings at her website, heatherashamara.com. Once you have identified a story that is unripe, remember that the first thing is to love and honor where you are in the moment. And this includes accepting the unripeness of the story. When you look deeper at an unripe story, you can see that it serves a purpose. This story has helped you to create a sense of understanding about some situation in your world even if it has also caused you to suffer. Finding the value in your stories allows you to practice loving them. You can begin examining the ways you can ripen your story simply by looking at the fruit metaphor that Heather asked shared earlier in the show. Is it time for you to get out in the sun to share that story? Is it time for you to get in the bag and allow yourself to be in the cave of silence and stillness? Or is it time for you to ripen alongside other fruit those that have already been through what you're going through and learn from them. This is from the book, The Warrior Goddess Way, Claiming the Woman You Are Destined to Be by Heather Ash Amara. Heather Ash, I want to talk a little bit about forgiveness because so much of what we all are here to do on the planet either falls in the category of self-love or it falls in the category of forgiveness, which in fact is also (laughs) self-love. So I want to (laughs) talk a little bit about how we move into these places of forgiveness, especially when there are difficult situations or difficult people or things going on in the world that just seem unfathomable and we don't understand why they're happening. If you would go into a little bit of your own perspective about forgiveness and then the Toltec perspective as well about the overall grand picture that we are all a part of. Mm, Yes. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we agree with somebody else's behavior or that we condone their behavior. And I think this is where sometimes people get confused, that when we're forgiving someone, we're choosing to stop carrying the burden of what happened. We're choosing to put it down. And where we want to always start is in forgiving ourselves, Often we carry these heavy, heavy baggage, suitcases from the past that say, I took this action and I can't forgive myself for it. That is a way that we hold ourselves back so strongly. And so when we start to learn the, the art, and it's, we practice it, we need to practice it, of forgiving ourselves we create a lot more spaciousness in our being 
and a lot more capacity then to show, really show up in the world. And when we also practice forgiving others, and, and please don't take this and go, I'm supposed to forgive everybody, That's, then I'll be doing it right. We want to be really honoring of where we are. And there's some places we don't feel ready to forgive. Then don't try and forgive yet. It's not ripe. The forgiveness isn't ripe. Look for the places where you, you do feel like, yeah, I'm ready to put this down. I don't want to carry this burden any longer. And that will then grow your capacity to forgive. So now, I, Rash, when we're talking about forgiveness, does that mean, because so often people in the spiritual realm will think that forgiveness also means not taking a stand for oneself or that it means that we allow people to continue to do what they're doing. Um, talk a little bit about that because so often as people are on their spiritual path, they are in this tug of war internally about what some of these principles and words really mean because they're trying to be both human and divine. Yeah. Yeah, so much misunderstanding. And it's it's a misunderstanding around what it means to be unconditional, to love unconditionally, or to love these big words of forgiveness, love. So what we end up doing is using them against ourselves and saying, I should be more loving. I should be, I should forgive everybody. And there's also this belief then that if I'm loving or if I forgive, that means and I'm a good spiritual person, that means that I never make a boundary, I just love, and I just hope that it goes the way that I would like it to go. Boundaries and having conditions are incredibly important. And when we forgive, it doesn't mean we're saying, and yes, go ahead and do the behavior again, or I agree with the behavior. We get to make boundaries and listen deeply to what are the boundaries that we need to most thrive. And I see it in this way that I'm learning how to be unconditional with myself and with others. And that means to not say, I'll love you if you lose 10 pounds, or I'll love you if you never make a mistake. But to say, I'll love you no matter what. And that within that, there's also conditions. We're constantly drawing lines with ourselves, which is important. You know, it's important for me that if I make a commitment that I follow through in that commitment. I have a condition, but I don't remove my love if I don't follow through on the commitment. I just go, okay, let's draw the line again. Let's get clear and draw that line again. And it's the same thing with forgiving others, that we're not then saying, oh, and then you can go ahead and do the behavior again. You know, I know that sometimes women get into relationships where there's mental or physical or emotional abuse, and they are constantly forgiving because they think I'm supposed to be forgiving. But what they don't recognize is the need to love the self by drawing lines, to say, no, this is not okay. I will not accept this behavior. And we, It's not an and-or conversation. It really I, is a both. A both-and conversation. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes when we're learning, we end up making very strong boundaries that are um, 
you know, that are out of fear, out of judgment. And that's fine. Like we're learning. If you need, if you don't know how to make a boundary, you just have to do it sometimes. And it might be messy and it might be loud or it might be timid practice. And over time it will get easier because over time what happens is our self-respect starts to grow. Our self-love grows. And then we recognize, oh, it's easy to make a boundary with an open heart. Like, nope with ourselves and with others, but it takes practice. It doesn't happen right away. So, you know, be in the messiness of the process. It is, as you're saying, it's not either or, well, I must 100% forgive. Sometimes we forgive parts of it and other parts we're like, I'm holding on to this. And the places you're holding on to, just acknowledge what it feels like to hold on to it and, and pay attention. And you'll learn, you know, we all learn as we go along. Now, you have in the book as well a a ripening phase to forgiveness. Talk a little bit about that. That forgiveness comes in stages, as I've seen, that we learn to start forgiving ourselves and that we can do it in little baby steps. So, and I link this idea of forgiveness to apology, (laughs) too, (laughs) that we want to practice not apologizing for everything like I still sometimes will run into the experience where someone will step in my toe and I'll say I'm sorry and I realize as women we often say we're sorry over and over again without even being conscious of what we're doing and so this idea of forgiveness is to recognize we have unconscious patterns and the habits that we can start forgiving ourselves for and looking at Where's a place, a little place that I'm holding non-forgiveness that I could shift? So you might recognize that you haven't forgiven yourself for being mean to your sister when you were 10 years old. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, well, I'm just holding that. It's easy to forgive myself. I didn't know what I was doing. Or you might see a place where you haven't forgiven someone just out of habit that you realize, I actually don't care anymore forgive them and it's something that feels doable so that we work our way up to the bigger places where we feel like this is a big thing to forgive but we've taken baby steps along the way we've ripened ourselves along the way and as we move into deeper places of self-love and forgiveness that then leads us towards respect particularly respect over our fears and and that's a huge step to take because once we establish that place of respect, we start to get into inner authority. We start to understand how to speak our truth. We start to understand that our presence is enough. Talk a little bit about respect over fear, particularly when dealing with others. Mm. Yes, I learned this lesson from Poison Ivy, which I talk about in the book, or Poison Oak, that I was in fear of this little plant because I'd gotten Poison Oak really, really bad. And one day I watched myself and realized, okay, this is crazy. I'm living in total fear of this small green plant. And when I sat, literally sat myself in front of what I was afraid of, which was a big patch of poison oak, and I asked, what is a different way to do this? The message I got back was to respect. And I've used that everywhere in my life. When I go into fear around something, I'll stop and take a breath and ask myself, What's here to respect? And that then gives me more information around my next action. 
when we're in fear, we're running away from something. We're trying to avoid it. When we respect it, we respect its power or we respect its impact on us. It doesn't mean, again, we agree with it or we like it, but we respect it's doing something. And what happens when we go back into respect is we respect ourselves. We respect our capacity to deal with what's happening. We turn to face with our warrior goddess self and say, I'm here, I'm turning, I'm taking responsibility, and I'm looking at what my next action is. You may still be afraid. So this is also not an either or. But what's holding the fear is your respect for yourself and your respect for whatever it is, whatever your adversary is, and knowing that you will grow and transform and change by turning to face that fear. Heather Ash, we're coming to the close of the show, and as you look at what's going on in the world today with women and how more and more stepping up into different areas of their lives, whether it is as mothers and wives in their families or whether it is as CEOs in businesses or as women in politics and healthcare. Talk a little, give us a message that you would share with all of these women as probably the most important step you feel needs to be taken by all women today. To listen to what you're passionate about and what you love and let that guide you that there's a lot of change and transition happening in the world right now. And it's easy for it to get overwhelming and to feel like there's so much to do. There's so much challenge and difficulties. And we have to be really mindful to not get overwhelmed and then go into inaction. And so to really listen to what am I passionate? What do I feel like I want to put my energy into? And then take small actions over time. And let those actions come from your love, from your fierce devotion to whatever it is you're stepping towards, rather than from anger or from fear. Because what I've seen is that love is more sustainable over time. Fear and anger will burn us out. Love sustains us. And that is powerful warrior goddess wisdom from the warrior goddess herself, Heather (laughs) Ash Amara. You can find out more about her at heatherashamara.com. Her books are Warrior Goddess Training, Becoming the Woman You Are Meant to Be, and The Warrior Goddess Way, Claiming the Woman You Are Destined to Be. My guest next week is Carol S. Pearson, and we're going to be talking about her Nautilus Award-winning book, Persephone Rising, so definitely join me for that. And I'm going to close out the show with a beautiful passage from Heather Ash's book, The Warrior Goddess Way, on forgiveness, on big and little forgiveness, as that is always a beautiful step to go to when you don't know what to do. Practicing little and big forgiveness doesn't mean you don't take action to try to change the things when change is possible or feel empathy for those who are suffering. Rather, you develop a skill that allows you to accept and forgive what you cannot change and be of service to others who are suffering without being consumed by the sorrow yourself. When you become overcome with sorrow or pity, you actually lose the ability to be most helpful. The culmination of our forgiveness practice comes from the convergence of these two parallel paths, practicing forgiving of the little things over and over again and cultivating the wisdom of forgiving life. When you practice little and big forgiveness until it becomes a habit, a transformation occurs. 
suddenly you find yourself accepting life for exactly what it is in this moment. And then simultaneously, there is no need for forgiveness. Again, go find out more about Heather Ashamara at heatherashamara.com. Until next time, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.